you don't go online. You, you can go online. There are exchanges like Paperstack and some other exchanges. Um, that one was for Brett Berkey. Uh, but no, you can go online and, and, and buy notes on these exchanges. And I, I buy and sell on Paperstack and some others. But um, it's a very inefficient marketplace. The short answer is networking. Welcome to the Next Level Income Show, where it's our goal to take your income, your investments, and your life to the next level. I'm your host, Chris Larson. If you haven't yet, get a copy of our book for free at our website, nextlevelincome.com. That's www.nextlevelincome.com. Just click on the book link and I'll even send you a copy if you put your address in. On today's show, we have Jamie Bateman. Jamie's an experienced real estate investor and business owner who's been actively buying and selling mortgage notes since early 2018. He's acquired over 75 notes with principal balances in excess of $4 billion, collateral across 20 states, and growing. More importantly, he has hands-on experience overseeing construction projects, managing properties, and has experience in both the title and mortgage industry industries, having worked for years as a real estate settlement officer and mortgage funding manager. Jamie Bateman, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, Chris. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, um, I was fortunate enough to get to be on your podcast. Uh, I think yeah. when you were when you were kind of getting it started and. Yeah. Um, really now I get to call you a friend to get to meet you face to face out in, uh, Arizona or mastermind here in, in the last month. And I'm really excited for you to be on the show and, and share a lot about what you're doing. Yeah. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, before we get into that, uh, I'd love for, love for the audience to hear a little bit about your background. Cause you really do have quite an interesting background, Jamie. Sure. Yeah. So, um, 19, January 6, 1976, I was born. <laughs> yeah. um, so I am uh, 46 years old, married, two kids. I, we live in uh, outside of Baltimore, Maryland. And Great city. Currently, Great city to be born. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, currently a mortgage note investor and real estate investor, and uh, we'll get into that. Um, as far as my crown goes, I uh, grew up in Maryland and... and uh, was heavily involved in athletics, played at Gettysburg College, and then uh, decided to actually, once I got out of school, kind of typical athlete where didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. You know, my, all of a sudden, my what I devoted all this time and energy to was was gone. And I'm looking around and, you know, um, tried to figure out what, what to do next, frankly. And so I ended up at a title company. And that's when I realized I had no idea what title insurance is how to read a settlement statement, any of that stuff, even though my father had been a realtor for years. Wow. But um, so did that and then ultimately decided I wanted to do something with a little bit more in in my, at that time, at least a, a little more meaning and purpose. And so I ended up joining the military, uh, went to Iraq for a year. I served, I was in the, the army reserves for years, um, did about four years of active duty time in the, through the reserves. Wow. And, um, and then I uh, worked for the department of defense, uh, about 14 years. And then I actually, uh, worked part-time and as I was, I was kind of slowly building my real estate, uh, empire. <laughs> and, uh, and then this year, this past March, I ended up, uh, resigning from, from my job. And so now I'm a full-time entrepreneur and a business owner. I have a small team. I, I'm really into leadership and, and, um, kind of growth and, and small business and entrepreneurship and obviously mortgage notes since, uh, 2018 is when I got it really 
uh, kind awesome. of dove into that head first. So yeah, feel Wonderful. free to latch on to any of that and we can branch out where, wherever you'd like. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Um, and I want to dive deep into the note side. I got some, uh, I've got some questions around that because, um, some in the audience may have heard me talk about this. I, I, I invested in notes going back to like 2013, 2014, which mm -hmm. I think you and I, I've spoken about yeah, a little bit about in the past. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear kind of how, how the world has changed with respect to that. Um, but I think you said something interesting, you know, I, I've been through it. I know a lot of people on the podcast have been through it. We have a lot of competitive people, a lot mm -hmm. of people that have had success in other areas in life. It's, it's really interesting when you take somebody that's a, an elite athlete, like you were, and you mm -hmm. played lacrosse, which my yeah, two exactly. boys are very fond of, um, what position Great. did you play by the way? Fan fantastic sport. I played attack. Uh, yeah. my whole, my family was a big lacrosse family. And so, yeah. um, five of the seven siblings played in college. So yeah, I, I can oh, talk wow. all day about lacrosse, but you have to, if, if you have me back on, we'll do a lacrosse episode. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I might have to change. I have to start a new podcast to talk about like <laughs> sports and business. Um, exactly. but I'll tell you what, I, I used to love, love to hire, uh, athletes and perhaps, perhaps let's see, I, I had two, two hires that really stick out in my mind. One was a former ranger actually green beret okay. and one yeah. was a former professional lacrosse player. So, okay. yeah, they That's got a awesome. little overlap there, but I think the big thing that you mentioned, Jamie, is that, you know, you spent all your time in this thing that you loved and were devoted to, which was lacrosse. Yeah. And there was that void. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think that there's a lot of similarities um, when you, you leave a job and you did both of these things. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, what did, what did you learn from sports? How did you fill that void? You know, what, yeah. how, what, what helped in your, in your, um, kind of your first career in the military? Yeah, absolutely. So no, that's, I'm really glad you, you asked that because for one thing, I really haven't, uh, yeah, I've got my own podcast, as you mentioned, and, and I've, and, uh, I've been on other, other shows and I've never really, um, kind of gone down this, this path too far, but yeah, it's, um, it really was a, a big life event. We were, um, we were number one in division three in lacrosse my senior year. And then we, we ended up losing, uh, and, uh, kind of, kind of choked. And, uh, we, yeah. the two teams that were in the national championship, they each had one loss and that was to us Gettysburg. So we, we had beat both of those teams. I realized nobody cares right now. It, it, that was 1999, but all of my energy and all of my focus, not all of it, of course, yeah. I, I, you know, had other things going on, but good bit of it was focused on that. And yeah. so all of a sudden, boom, it's gone. And yeah, I remember graduating and just being kind of a little bit, like you said, a void, there was a big void. And if you haven't been an athlete or been a part of kind of a team, like you might find in the military, like you mentioned, well, you may not fully appreciate that. Um, but I just had no you know, direction or, or sense of purpose at that point. Um, and so I felt, kind of lost, frankly. And, um, you know, from a human standpoint, that was a, that was definitely a struggle for sure. Um, you know, certainly people deal with, with bigger, more difficult things, but yeah, I mean, as far as what I'd learned from, from sports and things like that, um, teamwork, I mean, is, is just, you know, and I, and I, I talk to my kids about this all the time, whether they want to hear it or not, but it doesn't have to be sports. It, it's gotta be, but, but you gotta be, part of something that's bigger than yourself. It's not Absolutely. all about you. And we touched on this slightly before we hit record, but <laughs> very, slightly. <laughs> <In today's>, very <laughs> slightly in today's world, it's 
you know, we're so obsessed with ourselves and, and immediate gratification. And I think through sports, it taught me to put the mission first and, and put the team first. Um, certainly I wanted to succeed, you know, for myself. Um, but you know, just being a part of something bigger than yourself and put, putting that, the mission and the team first is really the biggest takeaway. Yeah. And I would say the same thing with the military. It's just obviously being, being a part of a much bigger organization, much bigger than, than just me. Um, I think that really allows for a, a healthy perspective and a, and a, um, just allow success later on. So those are a few of the takeaways for sure. Oh, I think it's huge. And I think, um, I went through, like I said, I went through the same thing and, yeah. you know, when you, when you have a bigger purpose, there's something that, that pushes you forward. And I do think, you know, in today's world, people are, people are struggling to find meaning, to find connection and yeah. we have these apps that we connect, we connect to people through and COVID pulled us apart. And a lot yeah. of people are trying to find that. And it, it is, uh, it's something where, you know, whether it's sports, when you're younger, you find that bigger meaning, that bigger draw. Um, but it is challenging when then you, you remove that and right. it, you know, it's like, how can you, how can you kind of translate into something else is, is very important. For sure. And, uh, you know, and I, I think I've come to realize personally yeah. that, you know, it may not always, I, there, I'm never going to get over it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's okay. Yeah. As far as the, how it ended and things like that, I'm never, yeah. I'm a competitive person. Yeah. Um, but, and I, and I may not ever fill that exact void the way that it was before, yeah. but you, you, you know, you still through family and other, yeah. my business team, um, yeah. and through the military previously, there, there are other ways to serve people and be a part of, of something bigger than yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important. That's, I mean, I, I think when it really hit me, Jamie is, you know, I did have a void. I was going through a lot. I've talked about uh, the loss of my yeah. best friend before, um, which actually you have, Jamie has a phenomenal podcast and, uh, just share that, actually share the name of that with the audience. Just so yeah, can um, there and check it out. It's called from adversity to abundance. And I actually just checked right before this and you were episode 12. Um, so oh. we're up to 33, probably maybe into the close to the forties by the time this comes awesome. out. But, um, so I'm super excited about the podcast from adversity to abundance. Yeah. I love the name. And when you told me you're like, Hey, would you consider coming on? I was like, hell yeah. Like this sounds, this sounds <laughs> awesome because yeah. it, it kind of, to me, it reminded me of something that Malcolm Gladwell calls desirable difficulties. And okay. you know, when you go through challenges in life, if, if you have the right framework, and I think that may be the challenge, the, um, the criticism that some people might levy on, on this is if you don't have a support structure and you're faced with a challenge, you fall apart. And sure. that's why I think sports are so important because even yeah. if you have a child that might not have the right family structure at home, if you have, you know, that connection, that, that bigger meaning, it teaches you so much. Um, Absolutely. for me, when I was leaving my W2 role, I, I struggled and I was like, wow, like for me, I was like, all right, do, is the money there? Is the cash flow there? Is the, you know, is the money in the bank? Can I, can I do this? And the answer was yes, yes, yes. And I was like, well, I better wait a little longer. And then the answer was <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And then my accountant's like, Hey, you should do this. You can do it. And I was like, I'm not sure. And what I realized was I really became a little, a little introspective and I thought about it. I didn't know mm -hmm. what my purpose was going to be when I woke up, when I quit my job. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I thought, wait a minute, you know, is somebody who, and I think this is true in our society these days, 
Yeah. You know, especially, and maybe people might say, yeah, you shouldn't say that, Chris, but as men, we define ourselves by our careers and how mm -hmm. successful we are in our positions. And, you sure. know, oh, I'm a provider for my family. At least, you know, I felt pride in that. And I was right. like, well, shoot, if I'm not, you know, going to work in the morning and right. somebody's like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I don't really do anything. I just, you know, sit at home, um, yeah. which isn't really what I, I would, I'd be meant to do, but more importantly, I you that doing that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, more <laughs> importantly, what if I'm not relevant? And that thought yeah, popped into my head, kind of like something I wasn't, I was trying not to admit. Mm -hmm. And then it hit me. I had to find a way to become relevant and I had to go and search for what my true purpose was. Sure. Yeah. Another, not to make this podcast about my podcast, but another episode the yeah. listeners may enjoy is uh, one with uh, Josh Kalinowski talks about Josh is, a, you know, Josh is amazing. Yeah. Had a professional baseball career and that ended abruptly. And then now what? And so his entire identity was wrapped up in that, but, but yeah, yeah. it's, it, I, I've changed my views on retirement. I, I don't plan to retire. Um, oh, man. and I have heard the, uh, I have heard the, 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 the saying should look, it's about retiring to something as opposed to retiring from something. Okay. So, yeah. um, yeah, I'm all about that. I'm not saying I'm going to grind 80 hours a week, you know, into my eighties, but I think, you know, I think work is good. You know, it's, it, yeah. it provides purpose and, and, um, identity, uh, yeah. and direction. It certainly does. And I think, look, if you're listening and you're working towards financial independence, if you really want to get there faster, figure out what your purpose is, figure out what your big goal is and how you're going to have a bigger impact. Because what happens at least in retrospect is that you develop that hunger and that desire to make that impact faster. And you have a bigger future in front of you. And that's fun. That's fun yeah, when you're going towards absolutely. something bigger. Um, so, so that being said, I appreciate you sharing that, Jamie, because yeah. it really, as we kind of went through that, it really, um, it really kind of hit me, you know, how, how meaningful that is and how, how mm -hmm. we, we kind of shared a very similar pathway there. But let's talk about the fun part, like getting there, yeah. right. Getting towards financial independence. <laughs> um, I think, I think some in the audience may have heard about investing in notes before, um, sure. but let's start kind of, kind of very fundamentally, Jamie. So basically yep. people are like, what's a note? How do you invest <laughs> right. in a note or a mortgage? Like, how does that work? Sure. So, you know, essentially you become the bank, um, like you that. know, and, and what that is, is you, you buy the debt. So if I'm investing in mortgage notes, I'm buying the mortgage note itself. And that, what that essentially means is, um, I'm not buying the property. The property is the collateral to the note and I am buying the debt. So I'm sure most of your listeners can appreciate having a mortgage. They've potentially written a check to a mortgage company or paid online, however they pay, right? And many times that loan gets transferred, that mortgage gets transferred to another company. Nothing changes with the terms of the loan, with the monthly payment or anything like that. It's just who you're making payments to. Well, that loan was purchased by a new investor or lender, however you want to phrase it. So that's much like what we, and so um, the, in, in the most basic terms, a note is a promise to pay. Um, you have mm -hmm. car notes, you have unsecured notes, you have notes all over the place. Uh, and a note is just a promise to pay. The world that we run in, in our, our space is the first lien mortgage note space. And so the mortgage is the document that links that note to the property, which is the collateral. So yeah. there are all kinds of rabbit holes we could go down, but um, yeah. essentially 
uh, we buy that debt, we become the bank, and now the borrower owes us uh, that that those payments. And so we can get into performing notes versus non-performing, you know, different positions of notes, different, different uh, strategies within note investing, but that's the yeah. basic concept right there. Yeah. So I think, I think that's very important. And I think the the thing that can be confusing is you say, well, hang on, Jamie, how am I going to make money? Just, you know, buying a mortgage and now becoming the servicer, like where's the profit in it? How do you, right. how do you make it a profitable endeavor? Yeah. Great, great question. And there are many different strategies that people employ. Um, we, we buy performing and non-performing first lien mortgage notes. Okay. So and, performing means that the, yeah. the borrower is paying, paying on time. Is correct. And non-performing and so means they're they in full not. default or just not. <laughs> so a, okay. there, there's a lot of gray with defining this, to be honest, the tip, the gotcha. typical definition would be that the borrower is at least 90 days delinquent. So okay. they're, at least three months behind in making their okay. mortgage payments. Um, you know, most people make their mortgage payments on time mm -hmm. in general, you know, 95% ish. Mm -hmm. So most people that are not super familiar with note investing might not understand, you know, that world of, of delinquent or defaulted yeah. debt. And so uh, a non-performing note is where the borrower is behind. It could be 90 days. It could be nine years. Um, and so the the most the the most basic way I like to explain how to approach uh, making a profit or making a business out of note investing is uh, purchasing performing or non-performing notes. And the performing notes are much like a single family uh, buy and hold rental property. They're not. Okay. It's not an ethical strategy. There are differences, of course. Um, such as tax advantages on the rental property side, but you're buying a performing note for cash flow. That's what you're buying it for. So okay. a lot of times, one of the major benefits of, of, of note investing is the discount that we're able to uh, purchase the note for upfront. So just a super basic example, let's say yeah. that the, this, the interest rate on the note is 8%. We, we okay. typically run in this world kind of seven to 10%. They're, they're higher interest rates. Well, nowadays that's the norm, I guess, but yeah, back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> six months ago, that was high, right? So um, I'll buy that note at a account, which actually gets a, the yield at maybe say 12%. So, uh, um, gotcha. so we're, we're, if the value of the note is a hundred thousand dollars principal balance, we might be able to buy that note for $90,000, meaning the actual return to us be, over time becomes 10, 12, 14%. A performing note, just to kind of keep it, keep it simple, the performing note strategy, you're buying for cash flow. So I'm buying this note to get hopefully a 12 to 14% yield. Every month, a check comes in from the borrower, payment comes in, and I'm buying that for cash flow. Keep the lights run your business, you know, just like a, just like a buy and hold rental property, you want it to cash flow. Yeah. And I know you're, you know, in multifamily and many other cash flow, uh, cash flow, yeah. Cash flow is huge. Right. So that's the performing note side. Um, the non-performing note side, uh, is a little bit more like a fix and flip on a property. And so okay. yeah, that, that will give you, because you're able to purchase a non-performing note at a greater discount, there's more distress with that, that, you know, it's your audience might say, why would I buy a note where the borrower is not making payments to me? Yeah. Um, so that's initially maybe counterintuitive, 
well, here's an opportunity, right? And this is, you know, this is all about investing and and entrepreneurship as far as this is how you you make money in, in in the world is is solving problems. So here's a problem note where the borrower is not making payments, they're behind, right? There's several different exit strategies with a non-performing note. Um, the reason I use the fix and flip analogy is on a fix and flip property, you're buying a property that is distressed. It's got issues. Yep. It, you need to be able to add value to that property. So what we do is we go in and add value to this note. And, and again, many different ways you can do that, but you're, there's typically a well-defined exit point on a non-performing note. So you're buying at a, a greater discount, you're adding value and you're exiting the, um, yeah. hopefully a, as a performing note. And so yeah. that's uh, something we can talk about. Yeah. I know I threw out a yeah. ton of different. No, that's great. Very sequential. Uh, um, and I think that you did, that was a terrific analogy, buy and hold versus uh, fix and flip. Cause that's, you know, that's essentially what you're doing. Um, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious what, what type of discounts do you see on the performing side versus yeah. the non-performing side? Yeah. Great question. And it has changed since, since you, uh, dabble 2013 2014 <laughs> oh dude we were buying stuff for like yeah like 10 15 cents on the dollar it yeah no wild. it's uh you're talking right now non-performing notes might be 50 to 70 cents on the dollar and th yeah. that dollar may be the payoff could be the property value yeah. uh, but you're, you're essentially targeting you know 50 to 60 cents on the dollar for yeah. the non-performing notes Performing notes is more, I mean, people are just been so much money out there chasing yield. Um, 90, I'll say 85 to 95% of UPB, of unpaid yeah. payment balance. So yeah. still a discount, uh, but yeah. not nearly the discount on, of that yeah. you can get it on a non-performing well, note. There was, it reminds me of the scene in the big short, you know, there was a lot of uh, crap, shall we say, in those, in mm -hmm. those tickets, in those, uh, and those stacks that we were buying. So, um, yeah, the tapes, tapes we were buying. Right. 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 Um, but, uh, yeah, there was, there was a ton that we waded through. Um, so, okay. Um, how do you find them? That's the million dollar question. It is yeah. an extremely, uh, it, it's not, you don't go online. You, you can go online. There are exchanges like paper stack yeah. and some other exchanges. Yeah. Um, that one was for Brett Berkey. Uh, but no, you can go online and 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 buy notes on these exchanges. And I, I buy and sell on Paperstack and some others, but yeah. um, it's a very inefficient marketplace. The short answer yeah. is networking. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. that that really is how to find other, find notes. Um, one one way that I over underestimated in the beginning of my note, in, uh, note journey was other note investors. So, you know, there might be a small fund closing. For example, we have a we have two note funds. One is a non-performing note fund and one is be ending in about a year and a half. Well, okay. if I haven't fully exited all of those assets, I may need to sell off some of those notes because we're liquidating the fund. Gotcha. So, I may yeah. be someone to reach out to, you know, in a year and a yeah. half if you're looking for notes. So, okay. I only bring that up because I didn't quite understand that in the beginning that other note yeah. investors, um, note funds are a great uh, source of, of notes. Yeah. Well, I think it's a great point. And again, people say like, well, Chris, why would anybody sell this multifamily asset that you guys are buying? If it's such a great deal, it's right. like, well, we all have different strategies, right? And we have Absolutely. different timelines and yeah, all those absolutely. things matter. 
different, yeah. uh, it might be a different business part of your business cycle, or yeah. I've bought some notes from, you know, older note investors who were just getting out. They were just yeah. tired of actively managing notes and there, yeah. there was nothing wrong with the notes. Yeah. Um, not, you can't get ripped off cause you certainly can. And you, you know, you've got to be educated and, and don't just start bidding on notes and buying notes without yeah. knowing what you're doing. Um, but it doesn't mean that the, the asset itself is, yeah. is bad. <laughs> Do you want access to the exact formula that I use to achieve financial independence? My coaching clients pay $30,000 a year for one-on-one -on -one access to the same information that I've put into my new course. And now you can get the same information and the resources for less than $1,500 when I release my course next month. But I'm giving you a limited time offer for anyone that subscribes to my course before it launches. You'll get $1,000 off the course and you'll get immediate access to our new deal analyzer spreadsheet, which includes your path to financial independence, which will tell you when you will be financially free. The spreadsheet alone is $199, but you'll also get access to our bonus asset protection course as well. Click on the link below and use the code PRELAUNCH. That's one word, PRELAUNCH, all caps, to save $1,000 today. <laughs> right. So, yeah. yeah. No, and it's, I think, and this is terrific because I was, I wanted to talk about this part, but you really, you're kind of cutting to the core, which is, you know, when it comes to all these assets, specifically when it comes to value add, real estate or like you're doing value add note investing, essentially it yeah. comes down to the operator. So Jamie, what makes yes. Labrador lending different when it comes to the operations side? Yeah, we are a small shop. I have a small team that I've got a couple of people in the U S who work for me and a couple of people, um, outside of the U S who work for me. And it's, um, I say that to say, it's not a 50 person team, a hundred person office where you're going to become a number. We really pay attention to each investor, each, each client, each person we with, and each note that we buy, we're really very hands-on with it. So, um, that's one way that we separate ourselves. And, um, you know, this is, this is what I do. I mean, this is, you know, 85% of my professional focus is mortgage note investing. So it's not one of, of 25 businesses I have, um, we all did start a loan servicing company. That's a whole separate, that's another, that's after the lacrosse episode, we'll do one on the loan servicing, <laughs> but it is nice to be able to have that kind of control of a, of a loan servicer as well. Um, yeah. that, that is one nice benefit with working with us. We can, we can buy notes that fit well with uh buy fi loan servicing our loan servicer and, you know, have that kind of element of control there as well. So um, if I could just one other quick thing on our oh, performing absolutely. note fund called the Integrity Income Fund that is currently open for capital. One of the things that separates us with that, that particular fund from other note funds that are out there is that we have a 12 month lockup. So, okay. you know, is crazy upside with our fund? No, there's not. It's a, it's a monthly payment. It's, it's pretty boring and predictable, which nowadays is not necessarily the worst thing. That's all um, good. Exactly. So, and we don't have a five-year lockup. So when you're comparing asset classes, and again, I don't, every asset class, every strategy has pros and cons. I, I love multifamily. I love, you know, other, other asset classes, but if you don't have seven years to lock up your money, mm -hmm. You might look at our note fund, which is only a 12, 12 month period of that you have your, that you're committed to. 
Yeah, no, I think, I think that's a great, that's a great aspect of what you're talking about. Um, you know, when we, we ultimately ended up after learning the business, going through it, partnering, we ended up as investors. It was great because we were getting cash flow every month and, um, we got a really, really solid return over the period of the fund, which was, it was a good fit for what we were looking for at the time for that portion of our portfolio. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, you also mentioned, uh, you love multifamily. Um, I yeah. know you have a pretty sizable portfolio as well outside of notes. Share with yeah. the audience a little bit of what else you like to invest in, sure. uh, not only in the past, but what you're looking at over yeah. the next several, excuse me, several years yeah. here as well. Great question. Um, I have a longer uh, bit of experience in in doing uh, single family rentals myself yeah. with the kind of the hands-on Burr method. And my wife and I were yeah. kind of slowly selling our own uh, portfolio um, since 2010. And that's that's been an important part of our portfolio from a kind of a personal standpoint. Um, so my, my expertise is definitely more in the, in the single family space, whether that's through uh, rentals or boats. Um, but I have invested in multifamily. I've invested in um, uh, senior living. I've invested in several different other of, you know, income, uh, asset classes and strategies, which I know you can talk all day about. Um, one, one thing I've come to realize, which you already said, but it's all about the operator and uh, I don't, I'm not going to become an expert in car washes most likely. Right. And so, but I could still find a way to invest in a, in a car wash operation. Um, and so I don't have the time to be, <laughs> to devote myself to everything. And so there are a lot of, um, great asset classes and strategies out there that still invest in without being the operator. Um, yeah. so yeah, I didn't really answer looking forward per se, but, uh, I think, I think some recession resistant, you know, mobile home parks, even self-storage, I think would be still, still yeah. a great option. Um, I think notes are option actually going forward. And, uh, you know, so, so just to reiterate with, with note investing, I'm not buying the collateral. I'm not buying the property. We may end up with the property in some scenarios and we do. Yeah. Um, so just good that you've also, been a house flipper. Cause that's, that's, important. Yeah, that would be my first exactly. question. If, if anybody's yeah. talking to somebody that's doing this is, Hey, have you ever, and have you ever done the other side of the business? Kind of the dirty side? Yes or no. Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so having that experience with, I've done you know, from a distance, I've purchased if, if your listeners are interested in learning more about through a case study that we did, um, or the, yeah. an actual <laughs> a case that we had that they can, yeah. that they can study. It's our Jacksonville, um, non-performing note study. And so, um, performing note that turned into a rental property and we did a rehab from a distance. Mm -hmm. Um, so there were many moving parts with that. I don't want it. My goal with notes is not to back the property. We're, we're working with borrowers to keep them in their homes. I'd, I'd much prefer to do a, a loan modification or some type of workout with the borrower. That's always possible though. And so I am not afraid to take back the property and I have done that on numerous occasions. And so, you know, and it's like parenting, like <laughs> you've got a, a lot of these borrowers, frankly, they need to know that you're serious and that you will uh, follow through on your word and you will foreclose if you have to. I'd like to work something out, but if you, you know, but yeah. the, the point to get to there is that I don't, I don't always know how every deal is going to turn out, but I'm okay. I, I, you know, I'm okay. No matter what, if it takes a turn this way or that way, yeah. we've certainly lost money on deals, Chris, I'm not saying I haven't. Um, 
but I do have that experience and, and, you know, it, it, it doesn't always go the way I think it's going to, but if we buy right and we do our due diligence, we should be protected. That's awesome. And that's one of the benefits of investing in a fund, Jamie. And if listeners want to learn, uh, if they want to get that that case study that you mentioned, that actual case mm-hmm. that you guys went through, yeah. if they want, want to learn more about you know the different funds that you have and about your operation, what's the best way to get in touch? Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, LabradorLending.com. It really has everything. Right here in there. the notes section. Yep. yep. So we've got... Uh, what I realized that, you know, ultimately, I'm sure you've come to the same realization, Chris, is most investors are being either an active or passive investor. And so we have, we kind of divided things up that way. So I do have a mentorship program. I don't really push it much, but for, if you really want to be an active node investor, we can work through that. But for passive node investors, we've got one fund that's open right now, and that's the Integrity Income Fund. We also have a free ebook, which has 74 pages. It's chock full of content. Um, nice. And that that case study that we mentioned is in that ebook. So that's where I would point our listeners to, uh, awesome. labradorlending.com. Beautiful. Well, Jamie, thanks for sharing that. If you want to check out more um, on Jamie's uh, business, on his opportunities, it's labradorlending.com, which is here in the show notes. And also one more time, Jamie, your podcast for the listeners. Yeah, it's From Adversity to Abundance. I just launched it in uh, March, April, 2022. So super excited. We've had some really good guests. So from adversity to abundance, um, please check it out. Awesome. Jamie, thanks for being on the show today. I appreciate it, Chris. Thanks a lot. Hey, Chris here again. I hope you found this episode valuable. Now I have one more thing to give to you. We have a page for my coaching clients where you can get a free copy of my book, as well as much more from previous guests on the show. Just check out nextlevelincome.com slash coaching to get a free copy of my book, audiobook, and much more. I'll send you a copy of my book and cover all the shipping costs as a thank you for listening to the podcast. Also, please like, share, and take just 90 seconds to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts.